Blog Talk Radio. everyone. Welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me Radio Book and Television Edition. May the 4th be with you 2021. That's right, May 4th. Um, I am Megan and I am here with the ever lovely Kristen. What's up, Kristen? Hey, I'm so glad this is radio and not video because I'm sitting here like, I just do the weirdest thing when I'm by myself, I think. I'm like pulling my lips out as far as they'll go and I'm like, stop it. You're on air. Is that part of your, <laughs> your warm-up strategy? <laughs> yeah, like la, 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 la. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that makes total sense. All right. We are very excited to be here with you guys because we're going to be talking about books and television shows. We're going to get some entertainment updates um, as well as talk about the legend that is Betty White, um, who's another um, addition to our TV icon series that we're doing on uh, book and television. So lots of things to discuss. She really has become something bigger than Betty White, and we'll talk more about that um, once we get there. Yeah. We'll start off with some entertainment news. So Kristen informed me about this. I apparently missed this, but apparently yeah, there's a new thing. Uh, yeah, so Dick Wolf, who we all know, has created all the Law and Orders, all the Chicago One series. Series? Series? I don't even know. Series? series? I don't know. <laughs> this is not an English class. Oh, like series? I think franchise. That's not right. I think franchise is probably the best one. Yeah, franchise. Good job. Um, and so him and the creator of the original CSI, um, I forget her name and I don't have it in front of me, um, but huge, that was a huge series, went on for over a decade, um, and it's coming back, by the way, CSI is coming back, they're bringing it back, uh, but they're creating a new law and order called For the Defense, and I'm super intrigued because trial by jury did not go well, it was like a season, and then it got canceled, so... I think the law and order people are so used to like the cop side that the courtroom side doesn't always go as well. Cause when Dick Wolf made the courtroom version of the Chicago franchise, that didn't go as well either. It got canceled after one season. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see how for the defense goes and what they do to change it up, to make it last. Yeah, I'm curious as well, and I, I am intrigued by the idea of it. But me and me and uh, Kristen were actually just talking about this because we're a huge we're huge Law and Order people, especially SVU. We're huge Stabler fans, um, and we've been watching the organized crime show. Um, and Kristen was explaining that she wasn't really fully getting into it. Um, uh, I'm not. So I, I'm. 
I love Law and Order. Like, I'll even watch, like, the old Law and Order, like, the old, old one. But I don't know. I think it's because I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around this new Stabler. Because Stabler's mm-hmm. still Stabler, but he seems so, – and he has every right to be mad after how the series started, of course. But, like, he, he's this, like, vindictive, angry Stabler. Like, the vibe yeah, emotionally maybe hard to watch. I'm like, mm-hmm. I understand he's been gone for so long and they didn't talk and such, but I'm like, they're, like their vibe is off. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know. It, it's throwing me for a loop. And, and I think probably that's probably creative choice to do it, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with organized crime. Um I have not heard any news one way or another if it's going to be picked up, but I'm super um, excited about for the defense as a as a new kind of spin. So I'm I will definitely tune into that. Yeah, I'll try it out once. And then apparently you came up with something new for entertainment that I did not I did. realize as well <laughs> about one of my favorite book <laughs> series of all time. Seriously, where yeah, about my friend my. I don't know. My friend sent me the link for this, um, and I was like, oh. So I didn't even know they were making a Percy Jackson series. I loved the movie, so I'm kind of sad that they're now making a TV show, so I hope the TV show is just as good because I love the actor in the movie. Rick Rorden, who wrote Percy Jackson, hated movies. (laughs) So um, Really? I just just like the actors. I think the actors were great. I agree. I think it was funny, funny. Well, but he, it just—it wasn't—it just wasn't the book. So I think Rick Warden yeah, so, seems super excited about it. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, and he's—he's he's helping with casting, so maybe that'll give him a one-up. Um, but it's Disney mm-hmm. Plus. They put out a casting call, so I hope they get somebody good. I'm excited. Disney Plus is killing it lately. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I'm excited as well. Wow. So I, I'm both excited and nervous because <laughs> yeah. you never know Ballad. what TV or movies will do to the books you love. Sometimes they help. Sometimes they're just mm-hmm. disastrous. Um, it's right. also been a big news um, couple of weeks uh, because networks are now looking for their uh, looking toward the 2021 2022. Um, TV calendar of shows that will be debuting, shows that will be renewed, shows that need to be canceled, um, and shows that are ending. Um, so we have quite a few shows that have been guaranteed re- re- being renewed for a next season, uh, for next mm-hmm. TV season. Um, Law and Order has not only been approved for next season, um, but also a couple others. So it's been approved through season 24. That's awesome. Holy crap. About that. Go Benson. Go Marissa. I know, right? Sign in those contracts. <laughs> um, okay. And then This Is Us, um, which is a show that I watch pretty religiously, um, has been renewed for season six as well. Um, Kristen, are there any, any shows that are um, that make you excited? <laughs> I'm excited for the Chicago One franchise. They all got renewed through a couple. Some of them got renewed through, like, more seasons. I don't even know what seasons were on at this point, but they got extras. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm also excited for, of course, SBU. Um, New Amsterdam is one of my favorite shows, and they got two seasons added on. So they're on season three right now, and they got four and five. Um, I mean, there's a lot, like the Superman and Lois, the Flash got renewed. I was actually surprised to hear some of the mm-hmm. other CW shows um, are actually ending. I did not realize that was coming. Um, Blue yeah. Bloods, which I've been waiting every year. I'm like, it's going to get canceled. And every year it gets renewed, so Blue Blood, love that one too. Yeah, for sure. Then some of the other ones that have been renewed is The Good Doctor, um, NCIS um, Mm -hmm. is still going strong. I stopped watching a long time ago, but it's still going strong. Fun fact there, CIS Mm -hmm. New Orleans is ending this season, and taking its place is going to be NCIS Hawaii. Oh, okay. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be Pearl Harbor, yo. I don't get into the NCIS series, but that sounds, I might get into that one. Yeah, I will definitely give it a shot. Um, another one that's really popular, Young Sheldon, um, has gotten multiple seasons um, added. Um, Riverdale is renewed. I don't understand Riverdale. I don't know why it's still being renewed or why people are so into it. It's a very convoluted plot, in my personal opinion. Um, Agreed. And then what? And then Walker, uh, which is the new uh, Walker Texas Ranger um, version, um, has been renewed for a second season. The Simpsons is still going on, um, and The Voice has another season with Ariana Grande as a coach. So those are just some of the things that we know for sure um, we'll be seeing in the um, next TV season. Um, as for Yay. shows that are being canceled, nothing that's really like upsetting. Um, right. But yeah, Kristen mentioned NCIS New Orleans is, is going to conclude next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brooklyn Nine-Nine is going to be finishing it ne- next season. Superstore has been, um, is just having their final season. Supergirl is also finishing. Um, and then as for like cold cut cancels, um, meaning they really didn't plan it. They just canceled it because they are not vibing or it's just not being successful. Uh, MacGyver, which right. I've never seen in my entire life. <laughs> Have you seen that I one? I saw the old ones, but the new one I can't do. I can't. <laughs> can't. Uh, uh, Filthy Rich, which I also have not seen, so maybe that's why. Um, next Connecting and World of Dance are have all been canceled. Um, so that's kind of the updates and the what's going on with the TV season for for next year. Yeah, good one. All right, me. so Kristen, are there any TV yes. shows that you've been watching? Okay, so real talk, I have been struggling <laughs> to watch TV. And I don't know if it's because I've done nothing but watch TV for the last year. I don't know. Um, But I'm struggling. Like, I've been forcing myself this week to catch up on some shows because I'm, like, six deep in all of my shows behind. Like, five, six episodes, and I'm like, ugh, that's so much TV I have to watch now. But I just haven't been. Like, I want to watch something that's maybe it's also because, like, the world's starting to try to get back to normal, and that stresses me out a little bit because I really – yeah don't love most of humanity at the moment. And so I'm um, not <laughs> anyone listening to this. I love you guys. Um, yeah. But Other I don't know. I think I've been struggling. 
yeah, I'm struggling. So I'm just doing my thing and watching. I've been watching movies. I have some movie stuff to talk about next week. So excited about that. Nice. And that is exciting. So apparently, series. apparently you're doing movies and I'm doing TV. So, so somebody has to. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like TV is easier for me. I don't know why. It just is. Um, so, uh, one of the shows that I've been watching is The Irregulars, which is on Netflix. Um, this is a interesting take on the Sherlock Holmes universe, and it focuses on kind of like the, the homeless youth that Sherlock Holmes often um, used to help find information in the, in the series, in the book series. Um, but it's focusing on right. them. It is pretty supernatural, so I'm not sure if Kristen will enjoy it. <laughs> I was like, at the beginning, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Kristen will enjoy this, like murder and stuff. But then there's some supernatural stuff, and I'm like, well, maybe she wouldn't. Um, but super interesting characters. Definitely a new take on Sherlock Holmes and Watson um, in terms of the portrayal of it. Um so I just concluded that series. It's pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm I'm thinking they're probably going to get renewed for a second season, but we'll see. And then the other one is Shadow and Bone, um, which is based off of a very popular um, book series. Um, have you read Shadow and Bone? Or it might be too fantasy for you. Um, I haven't. Um... So book club, we almost selected that for an upcoming read, and we didn't. So mm-hmm. it might be in the list somewhere coming soon. Um, I'm I'm not a fantasy person, and from the sounds of it, that's yeah. a fantasy book. So I might it is, struggle it is. with it. It doesn't mean I won't like it, but I'm hesitant. Well, and and, and something else to consider. So in in this so in this world, um, there are people who, called the Grishas who have like super like powers and they're based on the elements. So there's people who can like control water, control fire. Um, there's people who can change like this, like they're called tailors that can like change the way that people look. And like, if you have a scar, they can fix it, which is pretty cool. <laughs> like, it's just like, especially for like acne, if you could just be like, Hey, tailor friend, like, <laughs> and they just like put their hand over you and all of a sudden the acne goes away useful anyway uh, so they all have powers and some people don't have powers and it's this world that's been divided by this like supernatural like evil like fog of like horrible nightmares um and it's a super interesting world um i think they do a really good job of world building in the show without making it seem really slow because sometimes when you're trying to capture all the details of a book world into a show or movie, it can really slow down the pace of the thing that you're trying to watch, but they do a really good job of that. And they're combining all of the stories in this universe. So there's the shadow and bone series, which focuses on um, Elena, who has a very special power that people have been waiting for. But then there's also another series of books about these groups of people called the crows which are kind of like mastermind criminal kind of people who kind of like go around. So they're basically just taking all of these stories that weren't necessarily connected that are based in this world and they're putting it together into the series. And it feels a lot like game of Thrones, which makes me excited 
but also fearful that I will be disappointed in the final season. <laughs> but I'm hoping I will not be disappointed. But it, it's 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 definitely giving me Game of Thrones vibes, so I'm enjoying it. That's good. I have a few friends that are really into it, so probably good. Yeah. All right, so let's go into our um, New York bestsellers list. So what's going on in the fiction world? My favorite stuff. All right, yeah. so fiction, uh, a little bit of shakeups. There's some fairly new stuff. But then coming in at number five, hot for a rebound okay. back to the top five is where the crawdads sing by Delia Owens. Um, she's been on the New York Times bestseller list somewhere for 127 weeks. So that's like more than two years. <laughs> like, that is insane. That's crazy. How does not yeah, everyone own that book now? now? I don't know, but they're still buying it because it's back in the top five. Um, and then That's we crazy. got The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna, which has been there for 12 weeks since it released. Um, Kristen Hanna uh, writes a lot of historical fiction, and they're very, very good. This one's about the Great Depression, um, the dust storms in uh, Texas. Uh, and then you got The Hill We Climb by Amanda Gorman. Um, I was actually confused why this was on of a fiction list, but I guess it's a poem, yeah. so it's a story, and so it's not on the nonfiction. But she's on, oh. I'm, I'm impressed that she's on the top of the fiction list, um, but it's mm-hmm. the poem she read at Joe Biden's inauguration, um, which, so that's really cool. Um, so the hill we climb, and that's been there for okay. four weeks. And then we have the uh, we have Ocean Prey by John Sanford, and it has to be a good book because it's the 31st book in his Prey series. <laughs> Whenever I do that, I'm like, I have to read it because it's got to be good, right? You don't get 31 books out and make yeah, it on no, the bestseller a... list without it being good. Um, but no. it's about when federal officers are killed, Lucas Davenport and Virgil Flowers team up to investigate the matter. Um, and mm. then... Brand new this week, A Gambling Man by David Baldacci. And let me see if I can see this. Aloysius Archer, a World yes, War think... II veteran. Is that right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Aloysius. I like it. Uh, World War II veteran seeks to apprentice with Willie Dash, a private eye in a corrupt California town. Sounds like an older version of Veronica Mars. I'm in. Sign me up. <laughs> I wonder what what town in California they're saying is corrupt. I'm curious. I don't know. Probably yours. Most Monterey. Likely. Just <laughs> Yeah. Just corrupt. because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All those rich folks. <laughs> Sounds about right. All bougie people. All right. Um as for the nonfiction world. Um, there's lots of really good things going on. Um, number five is Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Um, this has been on the top five for quite some time for at least a few, like, I think probably the last three shows that we've done. Um, it's just snippets of his diaries over the last 35 years. Number four is On the House by John Boehner. That's been on for two weeks. Uh, the former speaker of the house reflects on his time in Washington key political figures in the current state of the Republican Party. Um, I haven't read it, but I've read excerpts about uh, about it. He is very condemning of the current Republican Party and people who are currently in power right now. He is not happy 
with the way that the Republican Party has been behaving as of as of late. And I kind of miss him. Like I didn't I didn't agree with him most of the time, but I kind of miss him crying. <laughs> remember how we used to cry? I miss any political. I remember <laughs> I just miss politicians that are just normal politicians. I hate this new this new level of politician. I agree. Um, number three is The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. It's been out for, it's been on the list for 35 weeks. It's about how trauma affects the body and mind um, and innovative treatments for recovery. Um, there's so much new research going on in the trauma world right now. Um, and whether you think it or not, living through a pandemic is trauma. So make sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you're checking in because this crap's not normal. So um, we're dealing with a lot, and it's okay not to be okay, or it's okay to realize that you're not you're not doing as well as you thought you were. Um, and number yeah. two is "Crying in H Mart" by Michelle Zahner. This is new to the list. It's the daughter of a Korean mother and Jewish American father, and leader of the indie rock project Japanese Breakfast. Describes creating her own identity after losing her mother to cancer. So interesting. So a, a nice story about um, someone with multi-ethnicities and um, coming to terms with that about who they are. And then number one is Out of Many One by George W. Bush. Uh, 43 portraits by the former president of men and women who have immigrated to the United States. I have seen these images um, online, not necessarily in a book form. Um, the message is really good. And again, George W. Bush um, is definitely making a statement towards the current Republican Party about their rhetoric and some of the things that they've been doing when it comes to immigration policies. So if there's anything, yeah. if I had to sum up the top five, it would be old traditional Republicans telling the new Republicans, slow your roll, you're being kind of crazy. I think that's... Slow your roll, you're, you're stepping of, out of your bounds. <laughs> slow your roll, your xenophobia slash racism is showing. <laughs> um, that's like a whole other podcast. Slow your roll, your racism is showing. I'm going to write a book, um, that's what but, it's going to be called. I like it. But yes, that is that is the nonfiction world. Republicans having an identity crisis. All right. Mm-hmm. So what are some new books that you think we should be aware of? All right. So the book I'm going to recommend is one I just reviewed. It went, My review went up yesterday, and it actually releases today. Um, it's called The Woman with the Blue Star, and it's by Pam Genoff. She's really well-known for writing historical fictions about World War II eras. Um, all different perspectives, um, all kinds of different stories. And this one was so good. It's um, based in 1942. Uh, the main character is Sadie, uh, Sadie Galt. She's 18, and she is Jewish. Um, she's not actually an act, like, I don't want to say active Jew. She's not a, like, super, a practicing Jew, but she is Jewish. And she lives in the Krakow ghetto during World War II and, uh, in Poland. And um, when they start, like, burning down the ghetto and taking the Jews away, her family runs to the sewers, um, which is, most of us are like, ugh. But that's where they go, and they live there for a long time. 
Um, and one day while she's down there and she's getting water, fresh water from one of the grates, um, she sees a girl buying flowers above the grate and they make eye contact. And this girl is Ella and she is Polish and she is of a wealthy household and she, her mother or her stepmother is friends with the Germans. So she has like access to wander the city and stuff and not get in trouble. And she starts helping her and it's their story. And it is the best, how I described it in my review was it is heartbreakingly beautiful because it is such a good story and the ending is, like, happy, sad, if that makes sense. Like, it's a sad ending, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you're like, but it was a beautiful story. Like, if I was to have somebody tell my story, like, the, I'd be proud of that story. And so um, cool. it was just such a good book, and I think everyone should buy it. That's awesome. Yes, very good. And then for a personal book recommendation. Yes. I think I've recommended in a World War II kick right now. Reading, I'm reading all of the World War II books for some reason. Um, this one's The Girl from the Channel Islands. I think I recommended this before because we, um, I read it as a review uh, right before it came out. It's fairly new, just a couple months. It's by Jenny Leacote. And it's about a girl who lives on the Channel Islands off the coast of France. And the mm-hmm. Germans take it over during World War II, and um, she falls in love with a German soldier who helps her. And um, she is Jewish, and she is marked, but they're, like, they kind of move about, but they just are watched really closely and until they're not safe. And then the German guy tries to help her, and it's about her story. And that one is also very sad, but amazing all at the same time so yeah very cool that does sound super interesting yeah. and there's nothing wrong with being on a world war ii kick there's some amazing stories just, like, to be told i just i love i don't know i love the stories of survival like most people mm-hmm. nowadays most think of like the millennial generation they would die and not like physically die but like they would be so whiny if they had to go through what people then had to go through with, like, the food shortages and restrictions hey, on what you're allowed to, live, to do. We had to live a life without toilet paper for a period of time. Yeah. I'm not talking about us millennials. I'm talking about the, the younger ones. Oh, like, like you the Gen about Z. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, I'm talking about the younger millennials, too. Like, we're at that cusp. We're at the very beginning where we still have, like, hard work ethic. No offense, millennials. But there's some bad taste in my mouth from the younger versions. Like, go to work, y'all. Let's do it. But just, like, I I just think, like, this day and age, any of us are super privileged when it comes to, like, Internet access and food access and what we want and, like, a hundred different options. And they did not have access. No, they did not. Definitely did not. Yeah. And then that leads into book club. And we've had some changes. I made an announcement last week. But we are now on Book Clubs with a Z. Um, it's a website, bookclubs.com. Um, they also have an app that's free to download. And you can download and join our club on there. Um, we we didn't love the layout of just having a Facebook group. So we found this. It's really organized. All the questions are in one place. Polls are in one place. 
you can recommend books through the app or the website to us and they go on a list so when we're going to pick our next book we can look through them and see what people have recommended um, and it's really great it's been awesome we love it it's super easy and you can get notifications when we post either your email or on your phone um, making it super easy to know when it's time to discuss so we love it find us just one more chapter book club um, it's a purple and white logo or you can go to Facebook and I've posted the link there on our Facebook page but we just started a new month and like I said we're on World War II kick we're reading another Pam Genoff book, so The Woman with the Blue Star is her brand new book. This is The Lost Girls of Paris. It's a previous book she wrote. And this one is actually based just after the war in 1946 Manhattan. Um, and the description is Grace Healy is rebuilding her life after losing her husband during the war. One morning while passing through Grand Central Terminal, on her way to work, she finds an abandoned suitcase tucked beneath a bench. Unable to resist her own curiosity, Grace opens the suitcase where she discovers a dozen photographs, each of a different woman. In a moment of impulse, Grace takes the photograph and quickly leaves the station. She soon learns that the suitcase belonged to a woman named Eleanor Trigg, leader of a ring of female secret agents who were deployed out of London during the war. Twelve of the women were sent to occupied Europe as couriers and radio operators to aid the resistance, but they never returned home, their fate a mystery. So I'm going to stop reading because it's a really long synopsis but basically it's about her trying to find these women and see what happened to them um and i'm super mm. excited to read it i don't know it sounds really interesting. i think all three of the books that you you recommended are historical and fascinating and interesting so i've already added all three of them onto my list of things to check out when i when i have a minute um yeah but they which all, is I, never they're all <laughs> intriguing <laughs> Yeah, slowly I get through my list. But yeah, so it it all sounds really, really good. So check that out. Um, And again, it's book clubs with a Z. That's correct? Yes. And I'll link something. Cool. Um, And it's just one more chapter. So find the information, um, join, get um, reading this really like honestly really interesting sounding book so get on it join the conversation i want to be a super spy for the resistance what me too maybe i already am though but i'm not at liberty to tell you (laughs) right super secret spy awkward anyway um all right are you ready to talk about miss betty white uh, yes, I've been ready to talk about Betty White for like a decade, because she's amazing. <laughs> she is amazing. A couple of things that you need to know about Betty White. She is 99 years old, that's correct? Like almost 100 years <gasps> yes. old. Yes. She has 121 credits to her actress name. That is a lot of things. Um, and she is a national treasure. She really, really, truly is. Yes, she is. Everyone loves yeah. Betty White. So I guess my question and is... And can I just say, yeah. I was reading about her. She is the fourth, fourth. This is how old Betty White is. She is the fourth honorary mayor of Los Angeles. Thank fourth. you. Mm-hmm. That's insane. <laughs> how old do you have to be to be the fourth honorary mayor? Fourth mayor. That's crazy. That is crazy. 
Um, so what? So first of all, Betty White is amazing, but there is a generational yeah. obsession with Betty White, and it stems from the millennials. Some millennials are obsessed with Betty White, um, and like yeah. they make her into memes. Um, always funny like during the pandemic there was a lot of jokes it's like check on Betty White <laughs> like that was like the first right a, a lot of like things that we we're gonna say so I guess I have a two-part question why is Betty White so brilliant as an actress and then what do you think it is about Betty White that makes the millennials kind of crazy um I think Betty White is so brilliant because she can literally do anything she's done everything from like I mean 1922 is when she was born y'all 1922 that's insane um so she's like she's lived through World War II she could tell us all the stories um she could and uh I mean like depressions and she's lived through everything so in this whole time when she started acting which was in the 40s um I mean she's done it all so, and not only has she done it all, I think what makes her more brilliant is she has adapted so well. A lot of older actors, as they get older, get corners of, like, the grandfather role or whatnot. Betty White doesn't. She adapts. She's funny. She does the things the teens want. She does the things the moms want. She she kind of adapts with the generations as as they come. And I mm-hmm. think that's part of the reason millennials are so obsessed. Like, we watched her in... I mean, I wasn't alive when it started, but, like, the Mary Tyler Moore show, like, mm-hmm. that, those things are huge, and, you know, but they were still on when I was a kid, and those were shows I watched, and then we have Golden Girls, yeah. which was, like, our childhood, and then, basically, just, yeah. like, yeah, it was, like, our childhood were these safe shows we could watch, but she was still funny and sassy, and then she just kind of adapted, and now she's in... You know, she's getting roasted and um, making jokes and, like, I don't know. She's just, I just love her personality and I think she just resonates with people. Oh, she's so good at being crude. She is. She is very good. Um, But I would agree. I think Betty White has been very versatile and adaptive in her comedy and in the things that she does. And she just keeps working. And she's not afraid to kind of change it up a bit because, like, obviously she also would into to the reality TV world um, with Betty White's Off Their Rockers, uh, Off Their Rockers um, in 2012. That was super, like, people got really super into it. I didn't necessarily watch that, but a lot of people were talking about it and making, you know, gifts and things from it because you learned that Betty White was a bit of a crude person. <laughs> she can make dirty jokes right. and be funny. Um, as a, as yeah. a and she's been married three times, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's definitely it. And also, like, in the Mary Tyler Moore show was on Nick at Night um, when we were, when millennials were kids. So Nick at Night was, like, the after dark part of Nickelodeon that had, like, all sorts of show. And Mary Tyler Moore was there, which is how I watched Mary Tyler Moore, uh, was on Nick at Night. And then the Golden Girls was like tons of reruns were happening in the 90s um it's kind of like the svu and friends of now (laughs) where it's like if you could no matter what time it is you can find an episode of those things now um and same thing goes to to the golden uh girls in the 90s so 
I think it was just like the perfect timing for millennials to get obsessed with her. Um, and also just, she's an incredibly talented and versatile comedic actress. She is. Um, she, like I said, she has 121 credits to her world, to her name. And she has been in a million TV shows. Some of them she's headlined. A lot of them she guest starred in. Um, and, mm-hmm. or even played a fictionalized version of herself on that show. And she's been nominated for these guest roles time and time and again. Not like one amazing guest star role. Tons of guest star roles. So just yeah. to kind of break down how successful she's been. Um, she won an Emmy for her guest hosting on Saturday Night Live in 1975. I saw that episode. It's amazing. She kicked butt. She was hilarious. That's awesome. She won an Emmy. She won her Emmy for a guest role on the John Larroquette show. I'd never seen it, but no doubt, probably really awesome. She was nominated for her guest role. Um, this is Emmys, anyway. Nominated for an Emmy for each of these shows for her guest role. My name is Earl. The Practice, Yes, Dear, Suddenly Susan. Um, and she had six nominations and one win for Golden Girls um, for an Emmy. One nomination, two wins for Mary Tyler Moore for Golden for an Emmy. And full, four Golden Globe nominations for her role for Golden Girls. And three Emmy nominations for her reality show, Betty White's Off Their Rockers. So, um, Lord, are you tired yet? That was a long list. I know. I need, I need some water now. So she <laughs> is, I think, I think we could name her the queen of TV. Oh, 100%. Because she's 100%. been in everything. <laughs> She has, like, everything. I mean, I was looking through this. I was like, she was in that? I watched that show. I don't remember that. And now I'm like, I have to go back and find them all. She just shows up. She's like the Stan Lee of television. She'll just be randomly in a show and make it better. All right. So let's go over some of our favorites. Now, me and Kristen have a lot of overlap this week. Um, We just have one thing that's different, really. Um. So why don't we start with um, yes? Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with the, the things that we had in common. So Kristen, what would you like to start with first? Uh, I think we're going to start with Golden Girls because it's only appropriate. Agreed. There's, there's some generations that probably don't know the Mary Tyler Moore Show, but everyone knows the Golden Girls because it's still on television. They still show reruns. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, I don't know what there's not to love about the Golden Girls. It's four crazy old women acting insane, four incredibly talented crazy old women, I might add, um, yes. who all did a million things in their careers, but I don't know. It's just Golden Girls, it's fun. Like, if you just want to laugh, put on Golden Girls. It's kind of like people now that put on Friends, put on Golden Girls. Yes. It's equally as good. Mm-hmm. And it, it has a, a cult following. So like I said, like you would think that, oh, Golden Girls, the show in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, maybe Gen X and the Baby Boomers will be super obsessed with it. But no, I feel like Gen Z and the Millennials, I feel like every generation has fallen in love with this show. 
And I think it's because the, yeah. because there's great actresses and the characters are all super quirky. And so um, so when you go to the store, you'll see things like Golden Golden Girls television show, T-shirts, Golden Girls. And there's even like Golden Girls like board games and like nostalgia items. Yeah. Uh, so definitely a cult and following. I think, and I think with like how the world is now with like Gen Z and um, like acceptance and stuff, I feel like Golden Girls stepped out from what was like acceptable at their time. Like mm-hmm. back in the, you know, the, what was that? The early nineties. Yeah. Well, eighties well, into the early nineties. Cause you have golden girls and golden uh, palace, but, uh, or place, but yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they had, um, they did, they talked about things like for like women unmarried and like going on dates and like talking about sex, which was like a, you know, women weren't supposed to really do that in the, in the mid-80s. I mean, they were talking about sex, but it was like, you don't do it on television. And, like, they talked yeah. about they were, like, kind of straightforward and rude and, like, women. And then they were just starting to, like, you know, speak up for yourself and things like that. So I feel like they, that's why Gen Z loved them, too, is they kind of stepped out of the zone on what was acceptable and did it anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I think it's probably a good time to transition. So Golden Palace is the continuation of the uh, Golden Girls without B. Arthur. So Blanche, Rose, and Sophia yeah. continue on. Um, they own a hotel. They're trying to figure out how to run it. Um, and I, I, I think that there's that many funny. reasons for why that it was continued. I think that a lot of people didn't want to say goodbye to those characters. But let's talk about Betty White right. in particular. So she plays Rose. Yes. Yeah who is a very nice, very kind, bubbly personality who is not the sharpest tool in the shed. Do you think that's probably a good descriptor, Rose? Yeah, she's almost like ditzy. She's not stupid. She's just kind of ditzy. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But she has some, like, great singers and one-liners. And Betty White has such good comedic timing that – even though Blanche is the one who's like, like, what did you say? Like, she's she's like the perverted, like the Samantha Sex in the City type of character of the Golden Girls, right? And then Sophia, Sophia is just like the Sicilian Sicilian grandmother um, kind of personality. Um, but Rose is just like, just made you laugh in a really really lighthearted way. Um, and Betty White just does such a great job of playing that character. <laughs> I agree 100%. She was just, I mean, any of those characters in that show, it wouldn't have been the same. But really, I mean, that show would not have been what it was without Betty White. Agreed. All right. So um, let's go to the Mary Tyler Moore show. Um, This is definitely a more old school, Nick and Knight kind of um, TV show, um, but I feel like for you youngins who haven't had an opportunity to watch it, you definitely should. Um, she had a 45, she was on the show for 45 episodes. Um, she played a character called Sue Ann Nev- Nevins. Um, and Kristen, mm-hmm. so what is it about her performance on the show that resonated with you? Um, 
So I have I have a thing where I feel like I like shows that kind of step outside the norm, and I feel like um, Mary Tyler Moore show was that again. Like we're talking the seventies, um, and everything stepped out. And while her character Betty White's character wasn't like the seventies single sex sells woman, there was she she definitely added to the story. I think she. Again, that comedic flair, um, and it wasn't always in a, like, laugh until your stomach hurts way. It was more, like, subtle. I think that's something I notice about Betty White in a lot of her roles. She, she can make you laugh by saying something snarky or just, like, under, um, kind of, like, low-key. Like, you don't really notice it, and then you're like, oh, that was funny. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's funny behavior. And, and I just... I just, it was like a wholesome show that the whole family could enjoy, but stepped outside the boundaries, I feel like, a little bit. Agreed. I actually went looking for, because I wanted to get an example of her characters, because it's been a minute since I've seen Mary Tyler and Moore show. Um, right. So I wanted, so, so I wanted to kind of like, like try to find something that kind of is an example of why Betty White is amazing in the show. And what you said, Kristen, about how she can kind of like, like she has a very subtle sense of humor that if you think mm-hmm. about it, you're like, what? So one of the quotes from her um, character, Sue Ann, is I was lying in bed last night and I couldn't sleep and I came up with an idea. So I went right home and wrote it down. Now, that might not seem like a big thing, but as soon as she says that, you're like, well, whose bed were you in? <laughs> right, like, where were you? <laughs> what? <laughs> so oh, and just funny. the way that it's just one of like the way that Betty White like says that line and just like Mary Tyler Moore's like reaction to that like okay back up we're missing major chunks of the story. <laughs> um, right, so, wait, 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 where were you? Why were you there? And what's your idea? Okay. Like it told you nothing. Like so. Um, right. So. I think that's just a, a really good example of of Betty White's comedic brilliance and how she is able to sell that line right. and, and make you just be like, what? Anyway, so I just thought that was funny. What, what happened? I do too. That's hilarious. All right, so and then well, the last next. one that we had in common was the proposal. So what do you think, Kristen? I... One, I love this movie. The cast is phenomenal. But Betty White's character in this, she is so funny because she's like the grandma role, right? Um, and But she's very like, um, she's very like, uh, I guess, forward thinking, like, uh, what's his name? Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock's character. Yeah are sharing a room and she's like here this is the baby maker blanket and they're like no we don't (laughs) want that (laughs) and then she like fakes a heart attack because the family's fighting and she wants them to get along and I just I don't know she was funny like I was like I want my grandma is kind of like that my grandma's hilarious but um I'm like everyone should have a grandma like Betty White in the proposal she's like super like she totally gets up in your business, but she does it in like a a funny secret way. <laughs> subtle. Yeah, for sure. She, she definitely 
is playing that grandma that makes you face palm every once in a while. You're like, oh, grandma. <laughs> but in yeah. a very oh, in her in her in her dance life. around the fire is like my favorite part of any movie I've ever seen. Especially when Sandra Bullock starts singing and she's like, what the hell? <laughs> yes, it's awesome. Greatest Again, moment. Betty White's comedic timing knows no bounds. All right. right. So what's the one that you picked that was different from mine? <laughs> okay, so it almost wasn't different from yours, but the movie You Again is probably one of my favorite rom-coms. Um, it's got Kristen Bell, who I adore as well. Um, Betty White is Kristen Bell's grandmother in the story. It's about this girl who comes home for her brother's wedding to find out her brother is marrying her arch nemesis from high school, who, like, literally made her life a living hell. Um, her mom is, um, oh, my God, what's her name? Oh, my God. Jamie She's amazing. Curtis? We should do a show on her. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm like, we should do a show on her, too. Um, but uh, that's an idea. Let's add that to the list. <laughs> but she, uh, so it's Kristen Bell. Her mom is Jamie Lee Curtis. The grandma's Betty White. And they're just, again, she's like the, the meddling grandma, but in, like, a super subtle way. And she, like, she tries to tell everyone that what they're, how they're behaving is uncalled for. Like, we're all adults now. And then, like, the grandma of the bride turns out to be her high school arch nemesis. And so they start being petty, too. And it's just like this, like, everyone, like, Cindell and the, the wife-to-be, the soon-to-be bride, is arch nemesis. And Jamie Lee Curtis um, and Sigourney Weaver, who is the bride's, like, aunt, are arch nemesis. And then, like, the grandmother show up. And it's just, like, this endless, like, these families just should not be intertwining. But it, the, the comedy comes from it because Betty White's character has that subtlety, like, I'm, I'm mature, I'm telling you to, you know, you guys are being ridiculous, and then she does, she acts the same way. So, it's just funny, I it's have, a good movie, if you haven't seen it, you've got to watch it. I have not seen this one, actually, but now that it's you've funny. laid this out, I, I, I think I'm going to watch it as soon as we are done with this show, because it sounds hilarious, yeah. and I get it's picture so, it's white so in this role. Man. Yeah, it's hilarious. I, 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 I missed a jewel, apparently. You need to get on it. Yeah, you did. Sad. Sad for you. Um, What's yours? All right, and, and so this is, the, this is the one that was about to make Kristen's list, but then she remembers you again. Um, and that is the that 70s show. Um, Betty White plays um, the mother of Kitty, who's the mother of the main character um, in that 70s show. And she is a horrible person. <laughs> like, no way she about is. it. She is shrill. She yells at her husband, who's a very bumbling, like, meek guy, um, and just says really passive-aggressive things to Kitty um, about everything from where what she wears to what she cooks and all sorts of things. She's just <laughs> a horrible person. But in Incredibly mean. entertaining um, and hilarious. Um, and so I I remember whenever she was on that show, I was excited because it was going to be a good dynamic show. And Betty White shined in every single episode she was in. She played a mean person really well. She did. And, like, 
it will go from like sickly sweet, like like passive aggressive Midwestern sweet. <laughs> and if you're from the Midwest or you've been to the Midwest, you'll know what I'm talking about. Where it's like, "Hi, how are you?" And then she'll be like, ah! "Like I just yell." <laughs> you're like, "What? This person's crazy. This person's crazy." But she does it so well. She knows how to sell it. All right, so Betty White. Yeah. You are fantastic. Epic icon. You really are. 121 credits to your name, and you're still working at 99 years old. You're still doing your thing. Everyone's worried about you, um, and you've given us so much <laughs> when it comes to TV and guest roles. I think that was what everyone was thinking in 2020. It was like, oh, my God, we need to protect Betty White at all costs. Because yeah, but you can No. Like, it's an impossibility. Like, the the whole country would be in mourning, I think, when she does pass away. I agree. If I she does that's true. pass away. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. So, Betty White, thank you so much for all your work. It's fantastic. And, and now I need to thank watch you, for you again. Us. I need to watch you again. And <laughs> right. I feel like I need to, and I need to rewatch The Golden Girls. I think that's, I think. I gotta find that. It's gotta be somewhere, like Netflix. I imagine it's somewhere, yeah. So that's my goal for for the next week or so. All right, so Kristen, do you have any nerdy obsessions this week? Um, actually, I do. So I'm I'm going to talk about this more next week when it's uh, uh movies. But I'm currently obsessed. Like when I say obsessed, like I am a 35 year old woman, guys, and I'm obsessed <laughs> with the movies in the series, All the Boys I've Loved Before. Like, I'd never mm-hmm. watched it. I was like, this teen rom-com, I'm a little old for that. But I turned it on That's one good. weekend, like a week and a half ago, and I watched all three in one day because I got so obsessed with it, and now I just ordered all the books. So that's what nice. I'm really obsessed with. That's a good obsession. It's so good. Um, the obsession that I'm having is just adultifying my apartment still. Like I did, there was like a phase, I'm like basically handling my apartment like Marvel handles their movies. It's like in phases. So I had like the first phase and now I'm into the second phase where I'm trying to like redo my whole kitchen and I bought a rice cooker. Oh my God, my life has changed for the better. The <laughs> rice cooker has saved my life. So, um, nice. that's what I'm currently obsessed with. So, rice cooking, gotcha. <laughs> All I'm going to eat now is just rice. All right, we want right. your feedback on what to yeah. discuss in the world of Nerdum. So, please give us feedback at, at talknerdy underscore radio. Make sure you bookmark and follow w.nerdprobs.com for articles, blogs, and reviews. Um, join the book club that Kristen was talking about earlier called Just One More Chapter. The directions on how to get to where you need to go is on that Facebook page. Um, me and Kristen will be mm-hmm. back next Tuesday, and we're going to be talking about Miss Sandra Bullock in our Legendary Actress and Actors series. So, And I have to limit my numbers. Oh, sad. Yes, we both were I'll be here with my list of 20. <laughs> My list of 20, I'll be here, don't worry about it. We'll make it a 90-minute show because I have a feeling that me and Chris and Kristen are not going to be able to make decisions. But we're going to try. No, we're not. (laughs) All right, everyone. 
Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.